In this podcast, in this flowcast, we dive in deep with Gavin Masumiya, where he shares his struggles with numbing his emotions, his awakening moment, his path to liberation through expression, through truth, through finding that flow and eventually finding that freedom, that healing power of expression. We do a little freestyle rap, some beats, and we talk about what's going on in the world. We have a dialogue compassionate, heartfelt dialogue where we ask the real questions and we don't take sides, but we invite space for love, understanding, compassion, and empathy. So dive in and enjoy. Welcome to Life, Liberty, and the Reception of Happiness. On this show, we explore the essential questions of life together. We dive deep into our unique journeys to liberate our mind, body, and spirit. And then we learn to celebrate the ways we are receiving our divine happiness every day. My name is Salvatore Liberti, though you can call me Salva. That's why we're oh. here. All right, oh. let's put these headphones on. Let's see if we can hear ourselves. Hello. 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 Oh. Yeah. yeah. Look at the crispy on the other side. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Crispy, crispy. <sighs> it's crispy, but not unhealthy kind of fried, not Kentucky fried crispy. Are you ready? Let's go. Three, two, one. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Life, Liberty, and the Reception of Happiness, baby. In front of me, I have this man, this friend, this divine king, warrior king, brother of mine, someone that I love very much, who I have maybe not known for that long, though I instantly felt a deep resonance and connection with this brother. So, Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome Gavin Masumiya to the podcast. Gavin, what's going on, brother? Ah, konnichiwa. Hello, hello, everyone. I love the breaths that we just went on right before mm. starting this. It was very grounding. We're sitting across from each other, everybody. And I lowered my chair just to physically get grounded to the floor. Oh. <sighs> Man, being grounded is so important, man. So, you know, thank you for inviting that organically, flow-ganically into this space. Flow-ganically. Absolutely. You are welcome, brother. And the fact that you and I can look at each other, close our eyes, drop in to the moment, that's one of the things that I really value about our connection because we understand each other on that level and it, we understand the importance of being in the present, tapping into the breath, so we can get in flow and just create some magic. And that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And I would like to first give it a little introduction as to who you are, where you come from, a little bit of your background. We could get to know you. 
and then well, we just let it flow. That's Great. all. That's pretty much all the intention that I have for this podcast because yeah, here we go. Here we go. So Gavin, brother, for those who are listening, Gavin is a dear brother of mine. He and I are sitting in our studio in Palms in Los Angeles. And Gavin is actually from Los Angeles. He was born in this city. One of the few people that I know that's actually from here. Right. <laughs> if you've ever been to LA, you know that nobody is actually from here. I so moved here true. two years ago. And I have a deep appreciation for that. Though you carry and embody this amazingly rich and profound heritage that is your Japanese heritage. Is that right? Yes, I'm a fourth generation Japanese American. And I think that's a great way to start. One of my favorite words is called itarakimasu. It's kind of like honoring, thank you for everything that it took, all the moving pieces that it took to make this moment possible. Where we are the most deeply embedded um, Asian race in America. When you see like Chinese, Vietnamese, Korean, they're oftentimes maybe at the latest generation is like second. It's very common to find fourth, fifth, and even perhaps sixth generation Japanese Americans here. And mm. Mm, brother, I want to hold on. I want to take you back. You you dropped something right there, a bomb right there. Please again. Ita. Itarakimasu. Itarakimasu. Yes. Thank you for everything that it took. To what, make this happen. What is itarakimasu? Excuse me. Itarakimasu. <laughs> pardon my, also my tradition. There's some people that might say you're badgering the word, Gavin. Because it originally is meant just before you eat. It's a prayer. And the direct translation from my understanding is to humbly receive. However, shortly after coming back from living in Japan for two years, I went to my grandfather's memorial service. And the... Reverend, who was blessing with the ceremony, he had really broken English, and I found myself falling asleep for most of the time. However, he brought in the notion of itarakimasu. And my ears kind of opened up. I have really big ears, everyone, but it opened up even more. And he's like, itarakimasu. To me, it means thank you for everything that it took to make this happen. And we say it before we eat. So when you think about that and you're eating and you have a bowl of noodles in front of you and you have your chopsticks that's made out of wood, there was a tree that was sacrificed in order for those chopsticks in front of you to pick up those noodles. And there was a person who thought about the company to sell those chopsticks at a specific store that you got it from. If you have meat in there, Animals were involuntarily slaughtered to be a part of that meal. And there are also people that may have come across the border or people that have those jobs that probably aren't thinking about passion. They're just trying to survive to support their family from a country that didn't have much opportunity. And all of those moving fragments, whether you cooked the meal for yourself or not, still all of that played a part in this meal in front of us. And to me, I look at that and I'm like, that's so beautiful that it's not just meant for literal food, but it's food for thought in any given moment in life. Because if you're like me, the way that I would introduce myself uh, in this podcast, which might be different from other ones, is like, yeah, I'm Gavin. I'm human. And I'm a beautiful mess. 
I have insecurities. There's so many different things that me that sometimes I wish I don't like to share. However, it's every time I do share it inside of Flow Fam, which we'll probably get to at some point, <laughs> it reminds me that wow, we all go through things. And sometimes those hardest moments, right? Like when I was on when I was really into drugs in 2008, 2009, for instance, that had me what start kind of, to explore what, what spirituality. Kind of kind of drugs shit well i mean i tried a lot of things this was a college years which is a normal thing but you know anything ketamine uh i did a little bit of oxy uh yeah yo but the big one that got me was xanax xanax for those you don't know is an anti-anxiety meditation it's they look like bars and sometimes they're split i believe in like three or four three yeah uh, three. three you know yeah, yeah, yeah i know, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, and they're split in there and you, some people ingest them but you can also shave them and you can snort them. And, you know, that's what it led to. And I really used to love that feeling because it would numb. Mm. And back then, that really was important for me to numb things back then because I didn't know how to deal with just a relationship that wasn't working, that I didn't know what I wanted to do after college. I had one more year left. I felt like most of my friendships were shallow and I was just hanging out with people and drinking and doing drugs and feeling like really alone around a lot of people. Mm. And so it's easier to numb it than to try to face those things, you know? Mm. So you numbed it. Who was Xanax common where you were? It wasn't. No. It was actually a friend. I won't say who. It was a friend that introduced it to us at my other buddy's place that lives right, that used to live right around here, actually. This is all in L.A.? Yes. So, okay. Yes. I got you. Well, this particular one, but I brought it back to Irvine. I went to UC Irvine. Okay. Um, uh, and, yeah, this it was introduced at a kickback, and I f fell in love. It was It allowed me to drink a lot more and still feel sober. Which is kind of like a similar feeling to Yayo, except I didn't have to, I just ingested it. And it's so paradoxical because the more that I did it and I started skipping the blood brain barrier and snorting it, the more I forgot everything. And I would brown out where it's like, especially when I drink, I would always pair it together. Just, I would not remember things but i was still up and about yelling at people and i don't remember these things so i'd often get like talked afterwards like bro do you do you remember what you did yesterday to her or what you said to her i was like no no dude you like just cussed this girl out of nowhere and she was crying afterwards and she didn't know why and i don't honestly didn't know why you did that i'm like i don't know and I kept doing those things. You know, I just kept snorting, you know? And it wasn't until I, a Dodger game, my friend Robert and my buddy uh, Jose and one of their friends, it was my last bar. I snorted the last bar. Then I went to the game. We had beautiful seats between home base and first, right in the front. It's a really good vantage point. Had a beer. And shortly into the first inning, I just had this like, I started shaking like, I need to get some. I need to get more. So I started texting all these people, like friends of friends, like, hey, I'm Gavin. I have his number. And I'm trying to get like some Whoa. fix. Yeah. Whoa. 
Well, you just snorted an entire Xanax. Well, throughout the day. Throughout the day. Okay. Holy shit, man. Wow. And this was, you know, it was just concentrated. You know, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I was big drug addict. Like it was solid like five, six months that I was just in this. Absolutely. I've seen it firsthand. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There was a summer in college where we were popping Zans like once a week. Oh, okay. Some of me and my buddies, we were experimenting. Some of them were doing that a little bit more than others, though. We went, I went to Florida Atlantic University and there's a lot of Northeastern influence there. Like Mm. New Yorkers come, New Jersey, Connecticut. And if you know anything about this, uh, you know, dope sick environment, right? The Xanax, the, the oxys, all these different opiates that comes from right in that area. That's where the biggest, uh, pill farms are, pill mills up there. That was Purdue Pharma up there in Connecticut. And so that area was heavily concentrated and had crazy amounts of overdoses on opiates and all kinds of stuff. And that culture kind of came down to, to Florida as well. And it was very popular when I was in school as well. So, dude, browning out Xanax and alcohol. I've been there. I've, been, I've seen roommates there. I've seen myself there. I've forgotten myself there because you, you're somewhere else and then you're not. You're browning out. You're teleporting places. And it's, you know, for me, it was a wake-up call. I was like, holy shit, like this is some, some serious shit. And I was doing the yayo. For those who don't know yayo cocaine the book of sugar you know and i just woke up one morning and i was depressed i was done i was like holy shit this is awful awful for me and the question is what are we numbing what was it for you it was numbing that i didn't belong in a in this romantic relationship and with an amazing person with fundamental incompatibilities i was trying to change and i was really afraid in relationships in a way because usually I was the hunted. Not too many women would come to me, but the ones that, that ended up liking me, right? It's like, oh, you know, oh, well, they're sweet. Oh, so smart. You know, these things. And what kind of women? What kind of women? They want some of that Asian, uh, the, the Japanese. I guess they, sauce. There's, there's something about the Asian persuasion. Right? This is a good looking man sitting across from me. He really is. <laughs> He's got Arigato. the hair. Yeah, absolutely. Got a tan California vibe. Get the vibe, the vibe, worlds. the vibe is definitely here. <laughs> but you know, for everyone out there too, and especially fellas too, if you're seeing like, have you ever did it where you know you're you there's certain things that you actually want, but it's scary, and and oh, maybe there was a woman or it's an opportunity or wanting to reach out to somebody because you you want them to be your mentor, but we don't. Well, that's like how my life was, where it was just whatever was coming to me, just go with it, and there was nothing, you know, only love. For her, you know, it was amazing. She was so amazing, and it's great because she's actually engaged. Like, we mm. just had our differences, and I didn't know how to deal or address or communicate that. And so I would be an asshole about it, and almost in a way, I think maybe subconsciously self-sabotaging, hoping that she'd break up with me. Mm. So I wouldn't have to deal with it. Like, what a wow. cowardly thing to kind of do, you know? Wow. And so to space. not even communicate, then project and lash out. Numb yourself, right, in hopes of sabotaging the connection. Yeah, holy shit! Like, like that—that's was the psyche back then in two thousand eight. Okay, right, and that was the psyche. And then that sober call or that sober wake up call at that Dodger game. You said that you were in that space where you're like, "What the fuck? Something got to change." That was that moment for me where it was almost like a voice that just said, "Bruh, what the fuck are you doing?" What the fuck? You have such a sweet girl. 
and you're hurting her just because you know that it's not going to work out. You don't have any friends that you feel are you're deeply connected to. So you go to these parties with a bunch of people, 50 people, and you feel alone. And you don't know what you want to do with your life. And you think that this is helping? You're smart enough to know that you are just running away. And you haven't been to the gym in three months. What are you doing? And that, and it was in that experience that I decided and I said to myself, no more Zannies. And you need, to, you need to have a critical conversation. And it was so messed up, bro. I, um, not too long after that, I ended up calling one of my best friends at the time and saying that, like, I got to end it with her, man. And he just said, you know what you got to do. I can't make no decision for you. And I returned to spot. It was the day before one year. And I just broke the news, you know, and just couldn't see it coming. And I was so guilty, man, you know, so guilty. I ended up driving home back to L.A. from Irvine. And I just let my parents know, right? Like, we're no longer together. And my dad, my dad's done this before, but he did it again. I'm so glad he did. He said, have you ever read The Power of Now? Yes. Your dad's so cool, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, because so you cool. did the Qigong. Yes. yes. <laughs> he recommended that book to me. And he's recommended it to me before, but I just wasn't in that space. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that moment was, you got to try something. I was open. Sometimes when you're in a breakdown or, or something that sh- totally takes life off of the mouse wheel, you're open to trying new things. It's one of the beauties of breakdowns. So I, I went back. I started reading the book. Eckhart Tolle. Oh, mm. Eckhart Tolle. I started reading the book, and I remember I, I might still have it at home in, in a binder of, like, all of my mementos of, like, old notes I've taken because I used to write by hand. And it was just chicken scratch of with a pencil, a pencil, and I would take notes on this on this book just around the whole essence of now, that anxiety is thinking about the future, that guilt is about ruminating in the past, and that the moment, if you want to skyrocket your creativity too it's paying attention to your moment what's going on in your heart the sensations on the tips of my fingers slow down to feel that and then he talked about this concept of meditating whoa what's that (laughs) (laughs) i I didn't know i was like well i've heard of it before but what is this? And then he kind of shared a little exercise that I can't remember what the exercise specifically was, but I sat with my eyes and my hands in my lap for the first time, intentionally with my eyes closed. And I started doing it a little more. Not every day, but I started doing it a little more, a couple days a week. Doing nothing. Nothing. Doing absolutely nothing. Nothing. Just sitting there with your hands on your lap. Just being How, how many people out there haven't slowed down enough to just do that? That's right. 
just sit there with their thoughts. Just let it all stop moving because it all feels like a whirlwind. Just close your eyes. Mm-hmm. What comes up? Or running away, trying doing these different things like Xanax is really what well, could be anything. It could be social media, right? It could be eat, emotional eating. Mm-hmm. It could be working out, which could still be a form of bypassing to get into the body instead of sitting to really address things, right? Work. Work. Smoking. So many different um, things, but with just sitting down to breathe and pay attention to an autonomic process was something that it, it literally like blew my, it blew my mind because it kind of had me sit with everything that was there. All these insecurities that I have of I'm not good enough. I don't know what I want to do with my psychology degree. I just broke a poem's heart. Um, I don't really have any true friends that I feel like I can share some of my deepest things with and being with that. What age was this? I was like 24, 25 or something like that. 24 maybe, 23 to 25, something like that, yeah. And it's really cool because a part of it's just like around just noticing that these are thoughts. And just noticing that, hey, I just had a thought, I'm not good enough, hey. Okay, oh, I just judged myself that I think that I'm a shitty person because I have this thought that I'm not good enough. Okay. Did you instantly come to that, to that, that awareness? Or was no, there a, no, it's, no, it was, I wasn't that much of a prodigy, <laughs> but it was like a slow roll. I can't tell you when it was, but that was, it was a process that slowly unraveled that just because, oh, I'm getting the sensations that I want to take a snort. It doesn't mean that I'm a kind of, per- I'm addicted or I'm a person, uh, I'm a bad person. And that is really what allowed me just sitting there, allowed me to to be okay with the handshaking sometimes of these withdrawals. And it saved my life. I was drinking and driving, don't remember. And thankfully, probably because the color of my skin, before I thought I was smooth talker, I got pulled over like four, four times. And I got away every time and I was drinking. And I... I had this sense of entitlement that, oh, I'm smooth. I can get away with stuff. <laughs> or really slick, now with the current times and everything, rake. right. It's just like, <laughs> no, if my, if, but if my skin in this day and age was darker, no matter how smooth I was, I probably wouldn't have gotten away that first time. And so that's another part of this Itakimasu where there's, there are certain things I think in the system too, that's maybe it's not meant for certain people or it's not advantageous to some. And I realized that I can do that to my, I have. And sometimes I'm flipping, I can do that to myself or I can impress myself. Right? And so shout out to the meditation because shout it helps to unwind. It helps Absolutely. to unwind the mind and connect to something more divine. And you're not the only one out there, Gavin, who, who went through this. Like I told you, I observed this in my life, in my peers at the time. And life sort of goes on when you're young and you eventually hit this place where you start to really question what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing with my time, with my life, right. with my mind? How did this get so out of control? How did this get so disorganized and convoluted and all these things that affect me and these habits and that becomes your life. And if you don't break out of that cycle of, of numbing, of distraction, of how could you possibly be free from this mental prison that you can't even taste, smell, or touch because it's your own doing? It may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. That's right. Mm. Fault mm. versus responsibility. <laughs> oh my 
Ooh, ooh. Those distinctions, just as a coach, like, uh, there's distinctions can be so powerful, right? They have the whole notion of, okay, so you have fault versus responsibility. Language is power. Commitment versus yeah. attachment. Don't be attached to the outcome, but be committed to wanting to powerfully serve someone and hold a space for them to, to reveal the truth so they can heal and move forward. Healing meaning returning to a state of soundness, not meaning broken. And it's just, you know, these different distinctions that are kind of humanly made up, but they can create this beautiful thing. Regret versus guilt is a very interesting distinction that I learned thanks to the Dalai Lama. You can wish that some things were different, but not feel bad about it and judge yourself and feel shame for wishing that things were different. And like, so, oh, wow, you can wish that things are different, but not make yourself wrong for that. <laughs> okay. Wow. The Dalai Lama thought that wanted to save his brother. And wanted to save people that, you know, when China took over and he wasn't able to. He regrets some of that. That he, maybe there's something he could have done. Maybe he could have, maybe he couldn't. He said there's some regret. But he's not guilty. And that's a beautiful distinction too. You know, like, man, I was holding myself on for a couple years after. And I had to, like, just talk to her afterwards. And, just, and she's like, why are you still? Mm. we would still be friends after you know like why are you still yeah what are you talking are you about holding yourself hostage right for? like what what and she snapped me out like what have i been doing i'm creating this whole reality so i don't know if any of you out there have you know are holding on to certain things that we might think that regret, are regret this, reg this guilt with regret oh grief yeah shame yeah and grief, I think there is a powerful process that happens where, like, you know, it's important to go through and to feel sadness for people that might have lost. And I know there's a lot of people out there who have lost um, people in their lives, maybe partially attributed to what's been going on, right? Mm -hmm. And so grief, I think, is really, is, is, there's a process. And sometimes it does take a little bit of time. And it's like, how long? Or do we, if it continues to go on and on and on and on, that could be something to look at, right? That could be something to look at right there. And wow. Yeah. So shout out to distinctions and language. That's why I love voice so much. I hold to that. I hold to that. And, to, and listening as well. Yes. Listening to what your mind, what your body's screaming at you. <sighs> Say, can you stop holding me hostage? Take the chains off. Yeah. Free me liberate me yes and what i loved actually er earlier when your neighbor came down bro and then you were paying attention to your roommate and just like how he's speaking really fast mm -hmm. and how you're like it might have made him like uncomfortable with the other person but he wasn't saying anything but you were listening to his body you were listening to all his little expressions that he was doing and whatnot to to kind of deduce that and that's a part of listening that's so i think important when it comes to voice and communication is that the communication is not just physical vibrations that are coming out of my mouth. That's only one half of the street. It's intaking, right? And being able to listen to what's going on over there. And I think that the world, I think that's something that I want to bring into the world more of like, not just about express your truth. What's true to you? What's honest to you? That's beautiful. That's half. And I think the other side is like, what's going on over there? And to me, you know, that's compassion. And so my road now is like the one, the person that can use the most compassion in my life when I think about others is probably for myself, right? I, I tend to forgive pretty well. But having that sense of 
compassion for me as someone that wants to achieve and wants to do more, that wants to share more, that wants to serve more. There's a lot of morality that can be put into that, you know? Hi, my name's Gavin. I'm human. Mm, mm. And so, just having more compassion is, is a, on my is my journey. I wanna I wanna walk us through this for a little bit for the for someone who's listening. Sure. And this kind of feels like a flow, a fire hose of things, because we're dropping so much valuable, such rich and emotional and vulnerable and authentic ideas down here. Your life took this route of numbing, of dissociation with who you were and finding yourself and finding the space to grow through that, to explore and do that self-inquiry of what was going on, to lead you to that liberation. And that liberation looking like expressing your truth. And expressing truth is incredible. Like you go around a group of people and everybody's talking about the weather or the traffic around or, or whatever might be going on. But if you just go up there and you tell your truth and say, hey guys, I'm feeling like a conversation about this. Or I'm feeling, I came in with this and I might be nervous. I might be this. An example that I, I share is I was with some friends in Florida a few months ago and all of them had had an experience recently that carried a lot of pain and grief the three of them and we were sitting there around this television watching a football game a Florida Gators football game and they're talking about sports but there's this tension that's palpable I see their eyes darting I see their body language their shoulders are stiff their hands are hiding and all of them want to scream Someone hear me. Someone see me for the pain that I'm experiencing. Until I said, hey guys, uh, so my mom just had COVID a week ago and I really thought that she was going to die. There was a couple of days where her body was collapsing, her oxygen was low, and she told me, I feel like I'm dying. And that fear was real. It was perhaps... A projection of my mind but I finally for the first time in my life face that possibility it's my mom I love her thankfully she's okay she, she pulled through like a champ though that one little thing me being vulnerable and expressing my truth because I could feel their emotions their vibrations resonating with that feeling that I had inside because I hadn't really told anybody about this. We kept it very, very uh, hidden Yeah, that she had COVID because we didn't want to, I, I didn't want to have the restrictions of not seeing people and things like that. And then one goes, dude, I, I, I hear that man. My mom just died a year ago. She, cancer was very sudden. And then next to me, my other friend goes, Dude, I'm sorry to hear that. My mom has stage four terminal lung cancer right now. And uh, we're pretty much getting ready for her to pass. Two people who didn't know each other just connected on that level in that moment. Connected through that vulnerability. And what was so beautiful about that too is that Selva, bro, like reading that and then finding a place inside of yourself to be like, what can I release right now? 
who wants to be released from me and expressing that into the space with that wherewithal present of I think that this will serve the space and I, I can use a little release myself you leading by example in that way created this space for that kind of the deepest connection of mothers all of civilization comes from a mother mm-hmm. all seven plus billions of people civilization has been birthed through mothers and that is one of the deepest things i think one of my friends mentioned that for um, i forgot, i don't know what book it was but uh, th- the book was also about people in the military and the army and before they get killed in this uh, book i can't mention i don't know the source it mentioned that the statement that was said a lot was mama When you said that, bro, you know, sharing yours, you know, a couple of years ago, it's not even closer to three. So my mom has a, like a little heart condition. And so she had a heart defibrillator put in to her chest a while ago. And she noticed it started getting punctured. Coming, something started coming out. She knew it was probably part of the device. And then it started bleeding because it punctured out one of the wires. Out of her chest and from the inside. Yeah. And oh. you could see it starting to come out of her chest like this device, like, which is the body's really wise. It's trying to reject this device because something's off Mm. went to get it checked up it was infected one of the wires kind of like snapped or something and like it's forming an infection right by the heart gotta do the bloodstream yeah yeah i have to do something about it they just said you're gonna have to come and do surgery came in a week or came in they said you'll be it'll be okay right in and out ronald reagan hospital got more complicated the wire sparked the arteries are wrapped around the wires and there's nothing. They couldn't get the device out. They got the device, but not the wires. And that's where the infection was. But it was life-threatening, so they had to st- stitch her back up. She still has the wires to this day. She's still here. And she started getting these weird, like, seizures, you know, and she still is on antibiotics every day to this day. Me fearing my... Mom's life, you know, it's it, it had me understand, like, now, when I recently heard about the thing with uh, a Navy and Mama, like, that was what I was, like, feeling, you know, like, seeing her, and she was getting these seizure things, and she was looking at me with fear in her eyes at those times, and I'd throw up, and I was just like, Mama. But things like, I didn't want to show that I'm scared in the hospital. I was so scared, bro. I didn't want to show her. And so I called the nurse when I saw it happening, you know, nurse. And she came in and I was like, mom, you go be okay. Inside though, I'm scared. They came in, they tried to mediate, you know, she threw up and she passed out. My dad came, we did shifts. And I drove home, I was driving home. Cause I worked the next day. And when I was driving home, like, um, I was on the verge of, of breaking down. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm like, you're almost home. You're 10 minutes from home. Just hold it in. And when I got back home, I sat on my orange couch adjacent to a window, and I brought some toilet paper because I didn't have Kleenex, and I sat down, and I, I just weeped. I just weeped. 
and I was like getting snots everywhere, you know, and like blowing my nose. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. But this is like shout out to tears because when I was when I was in that place and like I started crying and I let it out, I consciously chose like I'm not gonna do it here at the hospital. I'm not gonna do it in the car. I wanted to do it here. So it's like I'm gonna bypass it a little bit to be strong for my mom. And I don't want to scare her no more, but I have to release it somewhere. And when I was doing that, I was letting it go. A part of me was like, wow, how precious is it to feel this type of sadness and a little anger for, because I love someone so much, Mm -hmm. so much that I would, I feel this kind of way when I see them in pain. How precious is this sadness? This sadness is letting me know that there's something bigger than myself that I care about. That my life is bigger than my own. And so is my mom's life who gave me life. You know, that sadness was beautiful. And I was able to experience it maybe for the first time in my life to recognize that whoa in that moment like whoa these tears are beautiful it's these are power tears t-i-e-r-s like yeah yes fuck yes for this sadness fuck yes fuck yes <gasps> right you can feel you can feel love oh my goodness you have the capacity for love yeah that's what i'm feeling right now from that yeah love greater than yourself mm-hmm and sadness can remind reminds me of that kind that I have a capacity to feel love in different ways. Mm. Not just a one-dimensional way. Oh, I love you. Mm. But it's like, it's the, it's the more solemn, it's the more somber, I love you. That's I like you. That's I covet you. <sighs> yeah. So she's still here, everybody. She's good. She's, mm. you know, she's still strong. And so it's like... um. And Good. thank you for reminding me, like inspiring that story to come out because through you sharing with your mother, it led to your friends kind of coming up. And then that's what came up for me. And I don't know if anybody of y'all out there like have had things where you've lost something or someone, you know, and how lonely it can feel when we're not, when we don't have people that we feel can relate or we haven't shared it. And may this maybe be an example that when we can share some of those brittle parts Maybe not just openly. You don't have to share it on social media and let mm. the whole world know. Or We don't need to see the story of you crying. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but for certain people, you know, like if it comes up and something you're like, you know what? This seems like somebody that I can share this with. You, you just might notice that if you were to put it out there, I'm curious to know what would happen. You just might realize that what you think you're going through other people can find oftentimes find their story inside of your vulnerability. And that sense of relatedness makes people feel like they're not alone. And as social creatures that is touching upon one of the deepest parts of, of the human fabric to connect with others. And we do that by sports. We do that by, Oh, you like spirituality. Oh, you like meditation too. And we also connect through. I was afraid for my mom's life too. There's power in that vulnerability. 
so much power. Extreme. And you know what? In an environment where we were three young men, four young men who are coming into their own as men, realizing their power and are starting to discover that expressing, sharing their truth beyond just superficial conversation and, and dick jokes is a way that they can feel that true compassion and love for one another as men. Yes. As men. Yes. That we can share and hold that kind of space and we have that capacity for each other. Yes. That, I feel, is a super, like, that's a super, I don't know about super power, but to have that kind of community of, of men that we can take our mask off with is so powerful. I had my, my, my group of men back then um, and I still honor them to this day because they, were, they had my back during it. They had my back during it, and I was leading this event, too. I was planning for it, and it's like, we still got to do this. I know. I know. I know, but you got to be strong. You got to be strong. And I had my man that was saying, you got to be strong, though. You can release it with us. Got to be strong for mama. Mm. You know, don't show the weakness around mama right now. She needs this right now. But you got us. And I was so out of integrity in one thing that, like, I broke down. I just let people know, you know. And one of my homies had my back. And let me like hug and weep. That one that was crazy because I it was transformational in the sense that I just wept and I experienced love for the love for sadness. Mm-hmm. But this one's like to actually be seen in it, to be seen by other men full of masculine care, strong like masculine care like is a type of comfort and strength that I needed. Mm. to be able to hold that kind of strength of, I'm going to withhold vulnerability from my mom right now because I want to be strong and I've never saw that look in her eyes before. And I think that's also such an important piece as a man too where vulnerability express yourself too and also knowing as men like, we got to be strong at certain times. Maybe we feel a certain way, but there's something that we're committed to. Maybe you don't feel like going to the gym right now, but you've been off for three days and you know if that you didn't go this time, it might trickle off to all these years where you didn't work out and put you down that spiral. So even though you don't feel that way or you feel sad, go to the gym. Go to the gym. You know what makes you feel good afterwards, even though it might be a shitty workout, right? And to me, that's an important thing that I still here want to cultivate while having my communities that I can be deep with that won't tolerate my bullshit. And it's the most uncomfortable, but it's the most valuable. And I'm so grateful that I have both men and women in my life that, you know, hold me down. Fuck. Yeah. I want to name that. I want to name that real quick, that the flame of truth. You hold that fire. You hold that fire. I hold that fire. And when we come into a space, we, we bring that to others. Can you stand that fire of truth? Because I'm going to be authentic with you. Mm. I'm going to express. And that's my freedom. And to sort of bring this all together, it's that expression that, that gave you that freedom because you didn't swallow the poison. That poison was there, that sadness. that And maybe it's not poison, but it is toxic to keep it in. You have to let it out. Call them release valves. Mm. And it's 
Yeah, it's it's one of the kind of concepts in Flow Fam too, which is like all about helping people to express their truth with compassion through the emotive power of music. And the belief is, uh, might the premise is that that you know is what we are about as humans. You know, nurtures like our authentic self, our unique expression, and know through compassion that we're also can relate to other people's lives. It's the paradox of being human, right? And we have this notion of to release is to receive. Inspired my my buddy and beautiful socialpreneur, Sean Derrick from New York. He's amazing. And I asked him, why do you keep putting out content every day the way you do? Sometimes they seem disjointed a little bit. And he's like, I I don't like holding on to things. And you know, like when you have, you're trying to hold on to a whole bunch of stuff, but then someone's trying to give you something, but you got your hands full. But if you learn to just release and you practice letting go those insecurities or this, and you practice it, maybe it doesn't get eliminated always, but you practice letting go, you ha- you're taking away more things to invite more things. To release is to receive. And he's like, that's why I do the content the way that I do. And so when we release things, it can connect us. And when we do it responsibly too, and not just being angry and lashing back out our spouse or different things, but we're like, you know what? This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with my buddy. I'm going to share it with Mott. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Taryn about this, you know, like, and I'm going to ask if they want to hang out and share this. And it's kind of like, it's intentional. There's a ritual around it. That is so powerful. Because mm. vulnerability is risky and it could bite you in the ass. And sometimes I look, I'm like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't have to say it probably right there, you know, but like <laughs> I did and it's cool. It opened up different things. And it got messy, but you know what? I actually could have actually been more intentional and not just bring that up randomly at a coffee shop, you know, but it's like, Hey, I want to talk to you about something. Can we hang out? And there's something powerful around that kind of tact when it comes to vulnerability too, you know? And so, yeah, um, I hear that. yeah, it's with intention. It's with intention. Like you said, I love how you said the word ceremoniously ritualistically almost where you're intentionally holding a space where you may not need any advice. You may not need really any of that stuff, but just space to get hurt out. Yeah. And that liberation, it's so, so good. Yeah. So good. So you come into this flow, you let your voice out. Yes. And now you lead people in this. Yeah. What's that like? Ah, everyone. Well, you can come. Flow you, fam, right? Yeah, flow, flow fam. fam. Like y'all can definitely come out. And I'm doing group programs now too to take people on journeys of healing through. And so one of my big things is like I found it for myself and for the people that have come into the space, the Edwins, the Sables. Much love to y'all, the Omars. You know, much love to y'all. I love y'all. Shout out to you. I love y'all. There's a healing quality to it. In healing, the definition that I like is kind of, it's the state of returning to a, back to a place of soundness, of wholeness. Returning. And by just expressing ourselves authentically in this space where the listening is primed to, to Ubuntu, to, to I am as you are, to find how am I a, that person over there. It creates a deep connection and confidence in our voice. And compassion is a beautiful combination. And so we do different parts. There's two really important flow fan principles that we have. So I usually always open up the space on appreciating people for choosing to be there. 
Thank you for choosing to be here today. There's so many things that you could have done. And yet, you chose to be here on Zoom on a Friday evening, for example, instead of going out, Netflix chilling. Like, thank you. Thank you for choosing to be here. Look at the other people here in the gallery view. You may not be with them physically, but look at them. We're all choosing to be here together. And we're going to be getting to know each other a lot more deeply. There's going to be some things that you'll never know about the other person. The pains that they're going through, the successes. But they're human over there too. And we create that place of wow, okay, right? Some deep healing. So there's healing and flow, you find? Absolutely. My shout out to my homie Valdez. He passed away um, a little more, maybe half a year ago or more. Crazy. It was, it was terrible. It was a homicide. Mm. And rest of spirit. I've, I've never experienced um, a friend who got murdered before. And that makes me actually fortunate because I know people have probably experienced that a lot. That was my first time. And we've, we did accountability calls for like 18 months together with like at any point, maybe four to eight men, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. And I got to really know him more. And so when that happened, I, that state of shock comes in. Like you intellectually, you're like, okay, he's gone. But your body's like, I don't know. I, I want him to still be on the calls. And so there's a difference between intellectually understanding something and getting into the gristle. And it wasn't until, you know, I led one of the flow fams. There's different prompts that we do. You know, one of them is what's been coming up for me is, is a prompt that we do. And I was, I just went in like, you know, what's been coming up for me is I, I miss, I miss my brother Valdez. I'm in a homicide. I missed him. I miss him. What's been coming up for me is I'm fucking mad. Who would have taken his life like that? Imagine the parents and how the dad might feel. And what's been coming up for me is I'm also sad. And it's this mixture of different emotions that are going on in my mind, but I don't, sometimes I don't know what to really do. And some I haven't really actually given myself to express myself in this kind of way. So thank you for holding space for letting me process all of this because it fucking hurts. He was such a beautiful person. He was the one that reminded me, don't take yourself too seriously, bro. Go to that trip to Sedona and hang out with your friend over there and flow. And I'll go with you. And I said, thank you, bro, but I want this to be solo for Dolo, okay? Fuck yes. And he's, he's this reminder with his boisterous laugh. He had this huge, loud, obnoxious, boisterous laugh that was so playful. I just hear him like, you know what? Don't take yourself too seriously. And, you know, just going about then the flow fam, just expressing that I was able to get out of shock. Because by through my voice, by speaking about it, I got out of shock. I was starting to express it and communicate it as I'm starting to feel it. And, and to really express in that kind of way where I'm no longer second guessing myself is flow. It's the pure presence. It's a vocal meditation. Wow. 
But yeah, that's like, that was a part of the, my healing. You know, my buddy Sabo, his father passed away during the pandemic too, or he passed away, yeah, during or a little before that. And him voicing inside of flow, missing his father and all these things, like he was able to, to express it and to just continue being that badass father for his two daughters and starting a business and then leaving Vapex Hill to, to start his own coaching business. Like, so it's like, man, shout out to these beautiful people that have the courage to express themselves through flow. Edwin, who lost his father at 13, but never fully grasped that and expressing inside of flow who was born death. But thanks to his father who gave him a cochlear, who was fought, fought for him to get one of the first cochlear implants so that he can hear however that device works is a miracle and fought for Wait, this is an implant inside it's the thing the, that you kind of like yeah it's oh implant. wow wow it goes in and it allows edwin to hear and he is one of the most beautiful orators and he has that little nasally voice like you can tell that he has hearing impairment that's there that's like such a beautiful testament to who he is and and how he's one of my the best intuitive listeners that should be deaf It's healing. It's healing. And to see and to witness, because it's not just for men, it's for women, to see humans come together that seemingly seem like strangers and feel more connected in ways sometimes than they said with their closest friends because they're willing, they venture into these spaces that it's like, hey, with different skin or whatever, like different height, different age. Whoa, you're like me. You have insecurities too. You have disappointments too. And this space is about, actually, it's okay. You're not a bad person because you feel that way. There's no right or wrong here. It's just expression. Thank you for expressing that. Now look around at everybody here. Like, feel that love. Feel the, the loves that they're putting out. All the emojis. Feel those emojis. Take it in. You're worthy of receiving too. So expressing in a pure way, expressing what you might have experienced, what you might have gone through, the trauma, losing your dad at 13, almost losing your mom. These experiences, they, they hurt. Yeah. They can bring you pain, guilt, shame, all of these things, but none of this is necessarily real because you're holding on and if you express it whether it's with someone in a safe space in therapy then it can bring you closer together yes it's a tool of coming together of seeing that sameness in each other and seeing that reflection right feeling that because in this world where there are reminders, constant reminders of our separation, of the dualism. Expressing and connecting on that level, on that love, is unity. That's unity consciousness. That's spirit. Yes. And you know what you, you're, you're making me picture? I didn't realize how visual I am as an experiencer. Is I picture that everybody is like a jagged piece of glass that's all on this. You know, it's like glass that broke. But it doesn't mean we're broken. We're perfectly jagged. But like it's the jaggedness that allows people to kind of lock in and connect. Mm. 
And so I see that as a metaphor that, like, you know, our jaggedness, we're perfectly jagged the way we are. We all have different jags and ridges and things like that. But if we were all perfect circles or perfect squares, like, we, don't, we can't really bind, you know? It's through that jaggedness that we kind of relate. And we start to kind of, like, lock in, like, wow, we share something similar. <laughs> we share similar vulnerabilities. And that is so beautiful. And it makes sense that now at this place where kind of returning back to how things were, before when you would be a part of tribes right but then there's now men's circles that are coming up spiritual sound bath circles yes. which i think is coming back to returning back to this place of we need each other and there's certain people that are maybe more of our kind of weird that's what flow fam also is about it's about taking weird and making it like damn right but not from a place of look at me i'm special it's like i'm weird and i'm here to to share my weird more. I'm OCD sometimes and I'm really tidy and sometimes it's this double-edged sword because I use that as a way to not get answer an email that I know is important to me. I do that sometimes, y'all. That's my, kind of my weird and my journey. But if somebody could relate to that, shout out, you know? I relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> right? And it's like, that's what it is. Oh I share gosh. my, I want to share my weird so I can find my weird. Shout out if you my weird out there and you get OCD sometimes and you use cleaning up as a way to to not do that email or some things that you know are important right there. I want to say shout out to you and we're on this journey to, you know, to continue improving ourselves and shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm, and You know, I'm a Virgo. Right. And so I like things exactly where they're supposed to be in my mind, where they're supposed to be, but to anybody's mind, they could be anywhere else. And that <laughs> gets me <laughs> every morning. Yeah. It's the kitchen over there. You know what I mean? It's like what I find myself, my, my, my friend Taryn, she knows me so well. She's been through like, we've been through so much together and like, uh, she'll notice like my phone, everyone is on the table and it's kind of diagonal. And I just like, and I just do these all the time. There are these micro things. And she caught me one time and she was like, you're doing it. I'm doing, I'm doing what? And then my hands like that. I'm like, <laughs> I just moved the phone, didn't I? I moved it into a straight line. <laughs> so it's parallel with the table edges. Okay. Yeah. And that's a part. Yeah. That's just something that I've been bred. And I actually want to say shout out to my DNA. Because I really think that ever since I was a kid, I kind of thought like that. I can't remember when I wasn't, you know, when order, I, orderly alignment. And I, I don't, I don't really see it in my parents so much. It's just, it's an interesting thing. <laughs> and so to me, I feel are like you a neat thing, kid? Are you a, like, yeah, fairly clean. Uh, yeah. I, I know always, I kept my shit I was, really clean. I was pretty, yeah, I was pretty organized. My mom would probably say that I was shitting my pull-ups and like, because I was still wanted to be the baby on the middle child. So I have the middle child part that probably wants attention. <laughs> <laughs> probably that's why i did my voice so i can get more attention right now but and you're shy you were shy as a kid yeah weren't you yeah and look at you now interesting i'm right? so proud of you oh thank <laughs> you God, I'm so much. oh my god <laughs> you know i look at this too like as it, the shyness is to me is different than introversion too because i think that i was more introvert probably growing up in a way and i'm i ride it i think i'm more of um uh what are they what is it right there in the beginning uh, ambivert kind of in the in the spectrum where I'm like more extroverted but I still need my, a lot of my alone time now what I'm saying that is because like introversion can just be from my understanding is more of like getting energy by uh recovering and being alone which I still do need uh, like I, need that. I, yeah, 
Yeah. I also have the extroversion where it's, I like being around people too. <laughs> but the shyness for me is different. There's a tendency, right? <laughs> it's about DC. <laughs> what up with you? Oh. Well, I actually forgot what I was about to say right there. Thank you, Valdezzi. <laughs> appreciate it. Something about tension. Pattern interrupt. <laughs> you gotta kss, kss, let it go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna let it go then. <laughs> what do you want to talk about, y'all? <laughs> Sometimes things don't seem to make sense, and we just start off like, boom, start something new. So I'm glad that you. I'm glad you're doing this right now because I wanna. I wanna introduce a little something. So last time Gavin was over, the, actually the very first time I met him. He introduced me to FlowFam, which from everything that I've understood is an incredible sacred space that Gavin hosts on Zoom. Weekly? On monthly? Zoom. It hasn't it's not hasn't been weekly, but we are having one on we're gonna be having <laughs> one on this on the seventeenth and one on Christmas Eve. And so it's like a couple times a month that mm. we do on Fridays. Right on, yeah. right on. And so Gavin actually came into a a perfect time in my life where I am was on the precipice of starting this podcast. Just gearing up was getting those wheels turning after years of wanting to do it. And I was in the studio trying to record the first episode, which I ended up recording three times. <laughs> the first one was two and a half hours of rambling into this microphone. And then Gavin comes over the next day and he's like, bro, you heard a flow? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> yes. He's like, just, just staying in the moment, bro, and, and telling your truth and, and feeling into the emotions and conveying that. And it blew me away. I was like, holy shit. I, this guy is godsend right now because I couldn't tap into a flow. And I was spending hours in here, and this is amazing. I'm so happy you came into my life. And what he had us do, my roommate and I, uh, shout out to Ratish. Yes. Shout out to Ratish. We're in shout the studio out. because of you. Yeah. We love you. Love you. He had us freestyle in the living room after we'd had this amazing food. Uh, it was a Ratish cooked that night, right? That's he had right. Some, he made some Indian food. Oh, he did. Oh, dude, he <sighs> cooks up the best Indian food. Instapot. Shout out to the giant Instapot. Itarakimasu, yes. <laughs> Itarakimasu. <laughs> and so I want to hold this space for you to sh showcase a little bit of, uh, of what you do. Of what you do and, and, and express some truth and perhaps convey this this beautiful message, this essence that you have about you. Because every time I see you, brother, I get infected by it. It really is. It's sticky. It's mm. gooey. And, yeah. I, and I just want to be a part of it. And so, yeah. you know, you know that back into this. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh. So how we're gonna actually do this for everybody too. We, we don't own any of these copyrights. This is yeah. extremely on my this is only on my Spotify. Shout That's out right. to Spotify. Shout out to Spotify. It's going through the mic right now. So like we should all be good and shout out. I think that y'all would appreciate it. Dr. Dre, if you ever listen to this right here. All right. So one of the things that we actually do before we get into it, just to keep it also a little fun, is that the whole point about being in flow is getting out of the head, out of the analytical mind. And one way that we can do it in a way like through games, Flowfam is about games, gamifying life through flow, is not making sense. How do we do that with our voice? By doing scatting, we call it. Gibberish in a way, rhythmic gibberish. 
but you can always leverage gibberish and not even try to make it hit a beat. And this is all designed to get outside of the head that's trying to put every linear thing, like, oh, I have to have everything lined up and just going in. And flow is described as the optimal state of consciousness where we feel our best and we do our best. So that part of the brain that's thinking ahead actually shuts off. So I'm gonna do a little example of the scatting and feel free to use that as a form of release. Feel free to follow along too if you're listening yes. to this. You hear that beat? Yeah. It's tasty. And feel free if you want to just copy what I do too, just to like get, uh, just get into the groove. Yo. But then you can start to put words into it right here. It doesn't really have to rhyme, and you can just say, Well, I have some peppermint tea in front of me. You start to blend the words where things don't make sense, and then it does. Got my phone right here. I'm on a buzz. I'm about to get my iPhone 13. I have an 8 Plus, and I'm like, man, you're trying to do TikTok a little more, man? Then, yo, upgrade too, but don't use it as an excuse to wait. Yo, keep making some TikToks and put it in draft form. Okay. <laughs> and then, so after that, y'all, you see we blended it. It's like scatting, release. It's okay. Be confidently lost. Then we blend the worlds together where it doesn't make sense. And we try to make sense of things as humans, right? Mm. We have thinking minds. We're trying to make sense of things. So, but still be okay with things not making sense and put it in. And know that you're dancing together. Not, things not making sense, not understanding, and like, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to try to figure it out. So so what if you were like me in the past and you start to think of rhymes, trying to think of rhymes ahead in your head and you're right. trying to stay ahead of it and you're and you're starting to use your prefrontal cortex? It's What it, happens then? That's okay. Sometimes people think I'm in flow and I'm not because I'm thinking about <laughs> the rhyme that's going to be happening. Right? So you can take that route too. And that's okay. That's cool. It's just when starting, my thing is that like sometimes when we try to force the rhyme at first, then we get in our head and we try to be clever more than being like getting inside. Mm. And so I'm like, let's start with like truth through these prompts. Let's start with truth. And then once we got that as a foundation, start to rhyme. Right. But when you start with that, you're starting with a strong foundation. If you're going to start with the rhyme and starting with clever, it's not as strong a foundation as, as coming from like you. Truth. Mm. The rhyme will come after, but that's not the point. And so that's different than maybe hip hop circles and other freestyle circles that emphasize that, which is dope. That's how I've been raised to do it. But I like, for me, that that's more grounded also in public speaking and Toastmasters and, and uh, making, you know, making content and just speaking more. That's all of this I love, like, come from the place where you're just talking to music at first right but the scat kind of brings a little rhythm into it but Absolutely. In a, it's playful gets that flow out a little bit yeah. and then yeah and like uh eminem said once you know i shouldn't have to rhyme these words for you to know it's a rap <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> and so it is it's kind of like this this I, I call it like kind of um spoken it's this uh musical oration it's less about rapping about musical oration. And so you can use any types of prompts. You said we said one around what's been coming up for me is that tends to get people to go deep, right? Absolutely. And so when I said that, like around the Valdez too, right? What's been coming up for me is now the beautiful thing is that that's just a point of connection. It's like after that is where it get, get cool. 
Because after that, you release a little bit to receive. So some prompts that we can do is some might be like, fuck yes to. Mm, right? Mm, after go, you release. Let me go. Yeah, let yeah, me go, yeah. let me go. Uh. <laughs> I saw that in your face. You're ready. Well, you gave me the perfect prompt up in here. You yeah. know, bada boost, kind of boo. You see, what I say, fuck yes to, is vulnerability in men's circles. You see, yeah. we tell the truth. We express emotion. We cry. We hold each other. We give hugs. Those big hugs. Buku. We breathe it in and let it out. You see, connection is what we're here for. Brings us together in unity and love. And when we speak what's in our hearts, man, I love that because it's like taking off an old scarf. That's choking you around your neck. You can't even breathe. The anxiety builds up to a place where you just want to end it all. But don't. Because we're here for each other. We hold that space in sacred unity and love. And when you speak and express, you're reaching freedom, liberation. So life, liberty, and the reception of happiness. It's all we're here for. And I bring this to you with love from Los Angeles. It's Salvatore Liberti. Y'all, one of the principles that we have in Flow Fem is rally the cipher. It's about encouraging the space for people to be to be open and okay expressing themselves with Ubuntu. How am I like you, bro? Like, oh, New York expression that was felt great. So good, yo, oh. y'all. Did y'all hear I'm that? Tingling. Too? I'm tingling. The name is podcast. Yeah, feel that tingles. Oh. Yeah, breathe into that. Mm. <sighs> the tingles are okay. You're welcome to be here. Be with that pain. No, be with that flow. Be with whatever it is, just so you know. But what I was going to say, when you went into that space of, what is that? Fuck yes to, ah, I'm trying to remember the part that you said it. This was cool because what you did was that you got into rhythm, mm. which is dope. What I'd be curious about, can I share something? But I'd be curious about if it was more, if you started leaning more into the musical oration of it first. And so the scatting helps to create the rhythm. However, if it's just about like first, I'll demonstrate it. Actually, it's just like kind of talking to music and then letting it form rhythmically. With okay, it I too. hear you. I okay, hear you. So I'll start. So you want to go? Okay. Yeah, yeah. How about another one? How about another one that's a little more like slowed down too? Okay. So we can get a little more like... Okay, I could do like this. That? I could do okay. this. Yeah. Yeah. Be with the flow. Let me take a sip of the tea. If I'm a cup of tea out there, shout out. If I'm not, shout out. Okay. Fuck yes, too. <sighs> Yo. <laughs> Fuck yes, too. Bro, I just met you recently, like a month and a half ago. And what, what I'm thinking is that, man, fuck yes, too feeling spiritually connected with somebody that you just met and just knowing that there's still so much more that we can get to know about each other yet there's something that's very kind of like deep and grounded as brothers where i'm like man you're one of my soul brothers and i just met you so fuck yes to listening to kind of that intuitive and the energetics of another person feeling connected where it's like i feel like i knew you way longer than that fuck yes to also the phone 
I'm about to get a 13. I thought it was going to be a crazy investment. It makes me realize I should invest in Apple actually more because I don't even, I have it probably in these small funds that I have. But fuck yes to my phone because it allows me to connect. That's how I stay connected with Alvator. Salva. Outside of this. Outside of us meeting physically. So shout out and fuck yes to the phone and I get to use it more consciously. Fuck yes to honesty. Fuck yes to compassion. Fuck yes to, I never thought that I could be a rapper, but I find myself rapping. And that is me trying to take my steps in action because I used to be in the closet a lot. So fuck yes to staying in the closet and still rhyming when nobody could see it. Because I part of me didn't know if I could believe it because I got people talking about shit so it didn't feel like an achievement. But now I can see it because I'm just going to step into this. And this is the beautiful thing about allowing to channel reminds me that I love and fuck yes to Michael Beckwith because when he gets into the space where he's just speaking and he's allowing his body to almost take over to the fact where you look at him and you experience him and it feels like you're being channeled or he's channeling and you're going on that journey with him. That's the place that's so amazing where so much power comes from entering this quantum field that Joe Dispenza talks about. It's like, oh, all of these things are kind of connected. And trusting the moment and the breath allows me to connect to that eternal, endless reservoir of resourcefulness through flow and breath. Fuck yes to the breath. Fuck yes. Yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like that man. was cathartic, you know. That I wasn't was so trying good. to rhyme. I tried to. I brought in rhymes at the end, but like it's just like talking to it kind of gets me to a place where I'm more connected to to the emotion. Yeah, I yeah. see that. So okay, so you start by talking, and and it, and it kind of walks. And you it kind of go. It. Yeah, it yeah. kind of just just go for a walk with the music at first, right? I call it. There's different flow entry points. I like to call it. I don't know if that's a true term, but I made it up. So flow entry points, and one is like, well, I have a go-to. My go-to when I first started was I was able if I rev my engine up and I talk really fast and I start doing this this is a way for the same flows up for grabs so I'm gonna take it I'm gonna get mad nah I'm gonna get like yo how much fun are we gonna have and that's you see I could get into flow fast that way it's my go-to but like there's all these different flow entry points right and you could think about then any ways of getting into flow like working out try going really slow five really deep pull-ups versus 20 right different flow entry points so i like to try to find flow when i'm also slow because it's not something that i usually go but that's okay right now i can still find that soul that soul work mm. that's the ultimate flow work with no shirt see me bare see my vulnerability you see me scared the confidence and the insecurity stands right here but mine sometimes is shipping off up in light years Looking in the mirror and I see what appears. Fear. But also sincere. You know what you care about. You know what you beware about. You know what you're afraid of. But caught up in the societal makeup. Wondering if anybody's going to really understand me. God damn, this other negative thought is continually planting. In my head. All these thoughts inside of my head. I remember having a thought in college that I'm better off dead. That was the drugs. Feeling like an addict. But now I'm looking back. Thank God for the Xanax. Seeing this road in its constant duality. Getting off of the withdrawals I conquered and found spirituality. The power that has me elevating. 
Shout out to Laundrell. I appreciate meditating. Sometimes that death work is about transforming a side of us. And it can happen through breath work. So that's the homie over there, right here, guiding meditations in the air. So shout out to y'all. But there's different fault entry points. Drop the mic, y'all. Ooh. Ooh. Yo, this is kind of cool because I usually do it with music. So what I love about this acapella, I'm going to explore this more, bro. Appreciate you. You're inspiring here. Absolutely. This is flow. This is flow. I'm flow-spired right now, man. We hit all these notes of flow. And I, I like that you call this flow entry points and you have this terminology for flow because everything else is made up. You made it up. So it's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Exactly. We're creating reality. And it creates a deeper understanding of how you can understand it a little bit better and, and and kind of conceptualize what flow is without getting too in your head about it but just launching right yeah like you when you swim like there's a diving board and so you, you right. take off right and that diving board's got to be right right, right. exactly be right some kind of thing so right. one that i say too is flow is just around the corner so rally cyber is one of them attributing to the blue group flow where people come together to perform at their highest ability when the listening is so sharp and people are starting expressing that that pretty much the flow begets flow and it becomes a self-sustaining flow container mm. that if it's actually carefully facilitated around like, ooh, let's see if we we bring up the truth and we tie everything together and and create a uh, an air of gratitude. And then we get into itadakimasu in the second half, right? And it's like we're taking people on flow journeys around deep human, I think, needs. And what's more powerful than sharing that with strangers, at least even virtually too, we're in a place where there is a lot of like separation right now. And how can we actually use technology to deeply connect? And it's a beautiful kind of thing. So flow just around the corner is the next one. And this is all around like, there's something called a flow cycle, everybody. And the first stage is struggle. Second is release. Third is flow state. Fourth is recovery. S-R-F-R, surfer. You ride the wave of flow, but the, the flow has ebbs and flows. So the struggle is the first phase of the flow cycle. You can look this up, everyone, from Stephen Kotler's work and maybe some of the work from me, how she set me high, is a flow just around corner refers to a struggle. There's something called a skills challenge ratio. And so everyone, what that, really, what that means is that when you're engaging in something or you're learning something, what you're trying to take on might be a little harder than what you're capable of. And it might be a little harder. And that's actually good. James Clear says 4% more. I don't know how you come up with it, but it should be a little harder. And when you do, you might feel that there's a struggle at first. But don't worry. It's okay. You're not in trouble. Nothing's wrong with you. You're in the first phase of the flow cycle. And when you can get to that place and you release, and maybe that just means you stop and you take a breath and you step away and you return to the thing at hand, that's where those light bulb moments come. Mm. The shower moments, like you gave yourself release and you honored that step away. Or you just relaxed into the flow and when you noticed you were mixing up, you were more compassionate and let it go. What comes up for me there is, is that the struggle is, for me specifically, it's the fear of, of being on that edge, right? Of, of being on that last word and you have no idea what's coming right. next. And, but, let it, but opening your mouth anyways. <sighs> But there was a fear for me there before right. a fear of embarrassment fear of looking like a fool like i don't know what i'm talking about i'm tripping over my words and but 
leaning into that and just feeling how raw that oh. is and how alive I felt yeah. in that moment because fuck I felt heat in my body I was yes. like tingling my, my, my feet and I could feel it all right, right. just up in my spine and I was like oh yes this is living it is and when we get to that place, if ever, if anyone tries it, you feel free to try it by yourself. Where it's learning to be comfortable with whatever's whatever's coming next, and we don't know what's next always, or we don't know what's next next. And so we call it also follow the breadcrumbs. That is just like get to that next crumb, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then you might realize at some point it's going to be the best one. Accept one, but when we accept one, you are not less than. You're a love weapon. You're just going, just going with it. Then you start to be flowing with it. And then it's like unknowing with it. How can I be unknowingly confident, confident in the unknown? And that's where it gets fun. And uh, it's, it's great. I noticed myself that I'm able to get in flow in conversations more through this practice. Because everything to me is like a metronome. There's a heartbeat to us just talking together. There's a pulse, right? Like there's a rhythm in every space where there's movement, like there's a rhythm there. And I went to a facilitation, we went to one together and he broke down the three parts of music, which was beautiful when you can wrap metaphorically and, and analogies to, to these concepts of love, or love through music, love through music, music, love through books, love through poetry. That injection of love is so powerful. So just know, follow the breadcrumbs is practicing being confidently lost. I don't need you to find me. But I'm curious what's on the other side of that unknowing. Mm. So flow is just around the corner. Keep on going. You're fine. You're good. And we're going to rally your cipher. And ooh, you're going to feel good about it. Flow is just around the corner. Keep going. You might be shy. You might feel like you were the Asian dude that didn't, couldn't speak up in class. And I'll tell you what, me too in my own way. And so your voice is worthy of being heard in this space. There's a lot of places out there where it makes it feel like we, we need permission. We need permission to be ourselves. There's something inside of us that we have to heal from a place of there's something broken. And we're here to honor your ragged parts of you. And those ragged parts of you just might fit with somebody else's part where they're like, I relate to that. So your voice is worthy of being heard, y'all. You know, that flows just around the corner. And we want to have ourselves around people that can rally or cipher. Flow is life. Flow is life. Flow is spirit. Yes. Flow is presence. Uh. It's all there is uh, right here. Eternal uh, prisoners of the present. But I like to say too also is that when we feel like we're stuck and we're in the struggle, that is also an important part that we can never forget because you're not always going to fill and flow. There's going to be times of introspecting, you know, and like, man, yeah, I got to do some type of change and this part don't feel like flow. That, my friends... My brothers and sisters and however you identify yourself as, that, hum my humans out there, is such, man, it's just, it's just such a pre precious, beautiful mess. If you're stuck, you're in fear, you feel like you're just pushing through the mud in life, let it out. 
<sighs> express. Yes. Tell someone. Connect. That reflection. Yeah. That. And so if you don't feel like you have permission, because we don't really necessarily need permission, you just have to deal with the social friction of wanting to feel accepted as humans, which is evolutionary. Right. Yeah. But I think there's a, a beautiful thing when we can embrace the ebb. Ebb and flow. It's not ebb or flow. They say ebb and flow. Wanting to get in flow all the time, great, but I'm not in flow all the time. And I'm learning to... What is ebb? Ebb is like when you're thinking and you're like second guessing yourself or like, you know, oh, things are not working. And it feels like life is just like, oh, like, should I go on the double dutch? I don't know. That doesn't feel like flow. That's the struggle. You know, that's like the struggle part of the flow cycle. It's like, that's the ebb. That's the ebb right there. Like the mm, ebb, to that. the I, ebb, bro. Some ebbs in my head. Yeah. Oof. We can't forget about the ebb. Like shout out to the ebb, but I don't want to spend all my time with the ebb. You know, I don't want to spend all time with you, ebb. But I'll tell you what, though. I see that you're valuable, Eb. Thank you, Eb. This is another This is another prompt. You could say anything. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you, Salva. Right? But thank you, Eb. Thank you, Eb, for letting, reminding me that sometimes I need to slow the fuck down and evaluate my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking thank you, Eb. That is it's the <laughs> harshest truth. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. <laughs> Shout out well, to you, let Ab. me tell you a story. <laughs> yes. Lean into that. Yes. Do the self-inquiry. And go see someone about it. Or go see a mushroom about it. Or go see an ayahuasca about it. Yeah. Because there is healing out there. There are spaces for you where it's safe to let it out. And move on. Yes. Find that flow. Yes. Find that flow and create your life. Yeah. I mean, so take about this ebb. The ebb that I was going through is I recently picked up a, a part-time coaching job, right? A part-time okay. coaching job with a mental health agency, and it provides me some income where I can pay out most of my expenses. 20, 25 hours, right? I was super in ebb when I was thinking, should I just get one to complement, you know, to complement my income? I could help. I still have more time afterwards. But I was ebbing, you know, with that. I was meditating on it and shit. But then, like... I ended up just saying, you know what? This actually helps. I'm going to take it. And I've been taking it and it flies a little bit, like two grand or something. It gives you something right there on the side that's always consistent. But now it's like, oh, that's the best thing that could happen to me right now. It provides me more opportunity to work on videos more and not be like, oh, oh how am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? And that is like giving me more flow. And it's, it's with coaching with all of these people that I never would have otherwise met across the United States. And it's like, I could easily look at it like, oh, I'm not where I want to be. Or duh, duh, duh. I'm like, what? That is a gift. It's a freaking gift. And it took the ebb for me to get to a point to be humble enough to like take this on. And it gives me more bandwidth. Like afterwards, like, ah, it's less time, but I'm more optimized, you know? So I think that the ebb, thank you. Thank you for making me connect to what's important and keeping me genuinely humble Arigato, which apparently means to exist, thanks to my shout out to Mari. To exist is one part, right? And the second part is challenges. Arigato. Yeah, so arigato typically means thank you, right? Okay. Arigato 
But my friend sent this. I could probably even find the message. She's like, Gavin, I know you like words. She's she's she lives in um I think Norway or Poland right now. So um Poland. yeah, she what is she? Uh, she she uh, is a Japanese teacher and she said arigato the word it actually you know means thank you, but I looked at the etymology or broken it down and part means yeah to exist and the other one is challenges. So she said, Gavin, my interpretation of it is. Thank you for life's challenges. One of the most popular Japanese words, right? Some songs say arigato, some rap songs. They say arigato is actually arigato. But arigato, in this most common word, like that's such a beautiful concept, right? Words are concepts, right? It's such a beautiful concept of appreciating, thanking the difficulties. I don't know a word in English that directly means that. Thank you for the hard shit. Thank you for the difficulty, right? Thank you just could mean, right? But arigato to originate, like to exist in difficulty, it adds a whole other flavor of what arigato could be when we say it. When we're going through so shit, much deeper, you know, so much, so much profound. And even if we don't know, if we stay confidently lost, even if we don't know what's going to happen or the next one, where we just see a next breadcrumb right there and we just get to that place of like, you know, I'm just going to be confidently lost and I know it's challenging, but... Arigato. What a gift to be lost. Yeah, I'm Arigato still trying to figure out lost. what that gift is, but thank you, Challenge, right now, because you're really making me dig deep and question myself under really deep inquiry, maybe more sometimes than I need to right now, but enough for me to be like, what's important to me? And it's taking a little stab in my bank account or something right here, but like, thank you for this because I'm learning something and something powerful is going to come out of this 10 years. I'll look back and thank you for this. Arigato. Arigato. Would you say the world has gone through one big ebb? One hell of a arigato, y'all. I know that there are families out there where this situation, whether it's politi politically, whether it's you think it's a societal, whether you think it's manipulation or conspiracy or different things, what is happening on this world to me, I'm seeing from this point, I'm no expert at, at any means here. One man's perspective right here is just that there's, yeah, there's a lot of, polarizing opinion difference and then so differentiation there's, yeah there's, there's, there's ones out there that are just like Absolutely. but they're really on their their own viewpoint so fuck you y'all yo, yo, fuck everything vaxxers vaxxers all these different things right it's just like that and it's just like okay i don't know how that's gonna fix that thing right there you know i don't know how if they're <laughs> it's good i'm in kind of in the middle i got vaxxed I got vaxxed. I'm kind of curious about the booster. I know we're getting into this thing, but it's a worthy thing. I'm sure. I, I'm questioning about the... I know we're going to complete things, but this is current, right? We're, we're in this world, y'all. We're in this right and now. And it's cancel culture, y'all. So it's like, is this we're going to cancel truth. culture? I Me, mean, it's like, well, fuck it. No. Oh, but this, with this is I got vaxxed. Okay. I'm not convinced about the booster shot. This being an ongoing thing. I just don't know. Like, I didn't say like, oh, I'm going to commit to this foreign thing in my all every six months i i don't know but i did it also because my family right here so i got, got the shots and everything and my intuitively i can't understand it. it's just like yeah you don't need this in your body you know it's just yes. intuitive and i can't yes. understand that so y'all I'm, I'm not at the fundamentalist and being like yo you know i'm, I'm anti-vax or i'm i'm vax i'm no, just this like, isn't this about taking sides this it's is not about questioning. it's just boom this i'm just about wondering, questioning and expressing right? and what that me, makes you feel intuitively it's like it doesn't feel right i'm not convinced with these big comp these big companies that probably have countless 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 lawsuits you know how much them. money they make i i can't even what this is i mean i don't know exactly okay. the figure no. but 
this is record profits two years for Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. Mm -hmm. And for the CEO of Pfizer, I think, or Moderna to come out and say, I believe that we should have booster shots. Of course you do. You yeah. have a very biased, biased who, opinion. Who, yeah, who, yeah. You ever, you ever read or seen the movie, uh, the giver? No the book. The book. I know I read that book in, in elementary school in like and I can't tell grade. you a thing about it. I can't okay. tell you a thing about it. Okay. Though. But there's a movie out there with Jeff Bridges, really good movie. Okay. And even in that one, it's a dystopian future. And every morning they take a little shot, like an injection or a pill, or I can't remember what it was, but it was a medication and going from one vaccine to two vaccines to booster shot one every six months. I don't know. That's kind of rhymes. It seems like a path to something like that. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I'm not vaxxed because I don't need it. Yeah. I'm healthy, 26-year-old who doesn't drink, who does breath work, who meditates, eats all the right things. Sometimes I like to, you know, balance is important. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, and thankfully, I'm not around people who are, you know, maybe not thankfully, but being blessed that I have a, a an environment of people who are not vulnerable to this this disease, this virus, because it is a real virus. It's a very bad virus. Uh -huh. My mom had this virus. I saw it firsthand, and I saw how it affected her. And yet, I am simply for the autonomy of my own body and for that freedom, because freedom and liberation at its core is yes. really what the only thing that works yes. in this world and that letting it no. flow. But this control, this trying no. to manipulate things into a certain way or trying to control something that's out of really our control yeah is it seems a bit a bit silly a bit redundant and so i'm with you on that and uh i had to get into it it's modern times but you got something on your mind no i'm just saying that like yeah this this whole i mean this this whole piece right here is is the practice like i don't have clear answers right this you know i was thinking man what's missing is where's the to me where i'm like where diplomacy happen where people can actually come together is for me which is like i don't think flow fam is going to see i'm changing the world i like to see what topak said but somebody that comes into the flow fam can open up and they can open just a whole treasure trove of something that can really be a seedling for the world right there and wh why i want to bring that into the space is that i think diplomacy comes with compassion to really sit down on hey, what do you want you want freedom I want freedom and I want safety of my family because to me, that makes me feel actually more safe, more connected and things like that. Me too. I want to be, I want to stand up for what I want to believe in. I believe in sovereignty, the rights of your own body and everything. Cause I want to feel that free. It's like, I think underneath it is like, okay, freedom to them is like, so I can be more in that place of love, do what I love to say what I want. Right. Because so I can spend time with my family and feel safe knowing that other people are taking care of and being responsible so I can feel more love. You know, it's like, I think we want a very similar thing that we try to describe as love. Love that's forever going to evade the consciousness I think of as long as we're human, we'll continue to try to create art to represent love. And anger's love, sadness is love, disasters can be love, because it could be a wanting to be loved, so I'm upset because you didn't hear me. I'm disappointed because I didn't get the attention that I wanted. And you said you were going to do this and you didn't. Love and infinity wasn't there. And we come from that place and that's where y'all decide where to take it. But when we can both experience that kind of love and kinship for the other, whether you're blue, purple, red, 
conservative, Democrat-like. What are we both really trying to get here? Let's take off those masks. Let's love. Let's put it on the mask down right now. Let's let's have the diplomat Dalai Lama come in here so he can let us know that we're both human right now. And I'm not looking at a an asshole, lazy liberal and not a snobbish conservative. Let's take that off and be like, hey, what really matters here? Why are we fighting? And take responsibility. I acknowledge that my party or as a representative, like we, we talk shit, this and that. Because we really believe that we should have our own sovereignty. I don't want to be stripped of my freedoms. Isn't this where the country's built on? And I feel hurt. Because I love this country. And you're making me want to leave the Mexico. Because I feel my sense of liberty and freedom is being taken away. And that hurts me. It's like you think that you're bringing us together, but it's like the country is turning their back on me and telling me that I can't go to certain establishments, that some of the establishments of close friends have went bankrupt, lost their jobs, lost their whole retirement and everything. And that was my neighbor, man. You think that you're for us? Profiting these, these pharmacy companies? that you know they're doing some slimy white-collar shit behind their backs. And you're telling me to ingest that and to trust them? I love this country. Right? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. Right? Fuck yes. Life, liberty, and the reception of happiness, he calls it. Y'all, that's amazing. What does that mean, yo, uh, bro? Because it means so much for me, but I want to open up space. I love how you brought us to that. Thank you. Thank you, Gavin. Because that sentiment of loving, that freedom of, of what this country was built upon, really the intention of that, getting away from big government, from, from big influences from control, from usurping of power and stripping people of their rights is something that was so impressive to me about a country like this. And I was so enamored with this, with the stars and the stripes and the star-spangled banner and the Pledge of Allegiance and then all this Americana that I was like, this really is the country where you can say and do and be anything you want. And that that phrase in the Declaration of Independence, these inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that resonated with me because that's really the only, the only thing we have is life, our own survival, our own existence, our own interactions, liberty, the ability to live it in a certain way, the pursuit of happiness to aspire to to create to to prosper and yet look where we are unfettered consumerism corporate greed conglomerates oligarchs shitty health shitty education Indifference, ignorance, 
egoistic exceptionalism. These are all words that, in my point of view, can describe a country like the United States and where pursuit has taken us so far perhaps no longer can take us where we want to go. Yeah. Because pursuit has been corrupted by greed, by selfishness. And that pursuit is one of the roots of anxiety, this insanity with which we live in the world right now this pervasive wanting to be somewhere we're not wanting to things to be different than what they are right now. And for the powers that be the oligarchs saying we can sell that. We can monetize, monetize this. We can create this as a system of power to subdue people into this slow hypnotic trance of repetition and routine and output and consumption. And so what I propose is that the reception of happiness starts with gratitude. It starts with being in a place of love, of freedom, of acceptance, of safety, of abundance and prosperity and understanding that nothing outside of you is going to give you that love for yourself, that connection with spirit and coming from a place of that kind of power and that radiance allowing you to receive then the happiness that's there before you and stop this madness, this overconsumption, this greed, this pursuit that if I have, then he doesn't. Or if he has, I don't have. That's insane. Of course, there's enough for everybody. We just have to open ourselves up to receive it. And think of the other person and understand that it's a flow of abundance. So that's a little bit about what yeah. perception of happiness is. That's why I, I wanted to change it. And because we are in a place where things aren't changing. We've gone through something that we're going to remember for the rest of our lives. We're going to talk about in 100 years, in 200 years, if there are still electronic records around and <laughs> we haven't destroyed the entire yeah. world. But something's got to change. Yeah. And yeah, we can you know tear down large institutions and structures of power and bureaucratic um, houses of cards or we can just like you said make little shifts to our language to the way we understand the way we perceive the world that two millimeter shift that might just yeah. shift the compass a little bit yeah like the the one that I would want to change like my human design my, my buddy Olivier shout out he like was breaking me down I got these three people that are breaking down my human design three five manifesting generator this kind of thing and it's like this uh it's like a gut, trusting your your gut, going with that gut response. And a good way to see that is by thinking of like, do I like this? Uh-huh. Not saying yes, but like, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-uh, right? And I've been just thinking of, or that that piece of, huh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh -huh. Instead of getting triggered or something, it's like, oh, oh, interesting. Oh, he thinks different than me. Oh in that place of like curiosity and i think from that place we get curious of like going on with the person blue over there <laughs> what's the person over red over there doing oh yeah huh. right huh hey i find myself doing that walking around the street <laughs> you, do? you ever walk around venice 
And you see some people walking around. The best people watching in the country. <laughs> Venice Beach yes. Boardwalk. You're just like, oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're just that, laughing. Yes, that. y'all. Like, inject more of that, huh, in, in life. If you can do that, try, try maybe try See if you can do it at least two times tomorrow. Huh. Right? Huh. Hey, interesting. Right there. Heard a story one time of a, of a guru that would answer everything with how curious or how extraordinary. How extraordinary. Right. How curious. Yeah. That's it. Those two things. <laughs> you can pretty much yeah. respond to anything. Yes. How interesting. And that's like a, it's a placeholder to me. It's kind of like a placeholder dot, 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 but that warrants something afterwards, right? It could, it could warrant something afterwards or just like, hmm, I'm going to sit on that a little bit. Interesting. Instead of, I don't agree with that. Because mm. I don't agree with that could actually be, huh? Interesting. Interesting that you have a different, seemingly opposite perspective than me. Huh, I wonder, what is it, right? Like, why did I get so triggered? What is it about me that that got so triggered right now? What is it? Right? What it is, I'm thinking in terms of those two, right? Like, it's, if, if this is like, I want my family to be safe. People are taking vax. I want my family to be safe. If this is going to take for us to, to wear these masks and to take these shots for us to be able to be more civilized out there in the world so that these variants and other things that are coming from South Africa and other places might hurt me and I'm over 70 years old, my mom, right? Over 70 years old that has a heart condition that if it gets me that I might die. I'm still okay after the two shots. I got a little headache and everything, but I believe that they mean well for us. And if this allows me to stay with my family longer, then great. Why don't everyone just, come on. This is bigger than us. Just because you're healthy, what if something else hits? Or like, and you can get the variant and then you give it to mom. Like, what, what about that? Right? This is not about us. This is not about just you. This is about us as people. This is taking the world by storm. Maybe they're wrapping up other things, but this is affecting every single place on earth. I've never seen something like this. This is causing for extreme measures right now. And I will, they're saying some shade shit, but I will put trust in this country that this, these vaccines are going to help. They help polio. They'll help here. I see that you want your freedom. I want my family. I hear you, brother. Mm. I do. I do. And I have love for that. All love and compassion for it because I understand. I feel you. I feel you. Right. And it can be that. Just that. We don't have to go anywhere else. No. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. But that's a different dot, dot, dot. You know? That's a different like. It's wondering about the other side. Wonder. Wonder. There is no compassion and no empathy without wonder. Wonder is a prerequisite to empathy and compassion. You have to wonder what's going on over there in order to even make it possible to understand where they might be coming from. If you're not open, you're going to already find a defense. But wondering is opening the door a little bit. And that's risky because it could be triggering, scary, 
can't wonder. There's no compassion in the world. And that will destroy humanity. Freedom is beautiful. But freedom, if there's no compassion, will destroy this country. Do you believe in the innate benevolence of human beings? Can you remind me benevolence? What does that mean? Benevolence means goodwill. Okay. The the tendency, the leniency to do the right thing, the, the loving thing. Yeah. Do I believe there's an innate benevolence? Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen it. Yes. In our groups that we lead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. connection that happens yes. one-on-one in real life, in real tangible life. Mm-hmm. That's yes. where it lies. It doesn't lie online yeah. in message boards. So I'm not here to discount any of the psychologists or any sociologists or things like that, you know, because I think there could be something that's pathological around sociopaths in some degree. What I will say is that we've, there's enough that's been collected that nature and nurture both matter. Mm. And that if the nurture, right, the nurture was not, was, had certain things that on how they were raised of that thing, that human, that nurture part. If something was off, foster system or something, never feeling to have a father or something like that, or being a crack baby, whatever things like that impacts them. You know, that impacts. And this, so this nurture piece is so pow- important that, you know, when we have nature, it's just like, yeah, what kind of conversations are we cultivating in our head? That's a lot of reality, right? And the people around us. I have people, family members that are not talking right now because of the political climate and they're both justified. They're both. They're both entitled to their opinion and they have information to confirm that. And I can still reach out to them. And I'm actually thinking about it. That's great because I I realize I've been taking sides subconsciously in a way. Mm -hmm. And... it has made a difference in, in a little, there's, there's a difference in our family. There's a distance in certain ways. And I know that I don't have control of that. However, I do have control of how I respond and reaching out. And this is getting me more present to like the Komodo side. One just had a baby and I haven't seen him yet. And so this is real, like, there, there is an impact and I'm seeing where my subconscious has come out where like I could still rekindle. I could, that'd be beautiful to see my nephew, you know, uncle Gavin, like what mm. the fuck, you know, I don't have yes. that yet. And so uncle Gavin, yeah, like these conversations kind of like this, you see this in real time, everybody, like I'm realizing something more about my family and the distance that I've also allowed for myself. And herein lies an opportunity. I would like to recognize as well that this polarization of opinion is 
not of our own doing. Mm-hmm. This is a story. This is a a ring match that's been spoon-fed to us. Why? Why the division? Yeah. Why the why the polarization? I think that what cool thing that I imagine is just like taking blue, taking red. Mm. Or taking red taking taking white, taking black, taking liberal, taking conservative, whatever, taking Democrat, taking Republican, taking um, uh, uh, someone on Wall Street to someone in Gambia on the streets or in India in the lowest part of the caste system, right? And just sitting across from each other. And we can't speak. And the only prompt is like, try to be over there. Before you, you're not going to speak, but just look over there and see, like, what's it like over there? Really? How does that person might feel just by looking at them? Can I be honest with you? Yeah. In this conversation that we've been, especially this part, the last about 15 minutes, it's been a real amazing exploration for me is to explore compassion and explore that. What's going on over there? What's going on over there? I'm, I'm seeing you, Gavin. Explain so beautifully and so vulnerably about your, your love for your family, your wanting to be with them still. And I, I couldn't help but be brought back to this, what happened with my mom just a few months ago. Being so grateful that happened and yet, having that happen and still understanding that the unity for me is not in preserving my own loves and connections because I know that that is eternal. To me, the unity is standing with the principles that I believe in, that I subscribe to. Even having almost lost my mother and understanding what that fear feels yeah. like of what of that of what that's like. Maybe I didn't lose her. No. Maybe if I had lost her, it might be yes. different. Yes. So having looked through that keyhole, having looked down that that doorway and saying, Wow, COVID was the best thing that ever happened to her. And I, I won't get into it right now, but for her, that brush with death was like an ayahuasca journey. She literally came to the most profound realizations of her life. Maybe that's exactly what needed to happen. And so I'm so grateful for that. And yet I I sit here and I say, yeah, I'm, I'm still okay with that because that freedom That principle is bigger than all of us. It's our future. It's our consciousness. It's our collective consciousness. Yeah. And so for me, my own loss for me is smaller compared to that. And yes, it hurts, but it hurts me. It hurts a few people around me. And that's okay. I'm willing to face that if it means 
a world where we're conscious, we're aware, yeah. we're in harmony. Right. So underneath that, everyone, you see the different perspectives. It's great because underneath even your stand, about to lose your mother right there and still standing in this place of, I'm not going to believe this narrative and I'm still going to honor. It's not even just like the sovereignty. It's just like this health. I take care of my body. I take care of my mind. I take care of my spirit. I'm in my late twenties and I don't drink anymore. And sometimes I stop and I don't smoke and I drink tea and I don't take a lot of caffeine and I do breath work a lot, which is the greatest uh, immunity that you can do to provide oxygen to your body right here. And even when my mom did that, like I just trust me. Like, this is the truth. This is health. Like, my body, I'm taking care of it. And I don't believe in that narrative. Do you trust me? I love you. It's holding steadfast to principle through love. Not just love for your mother. Love for yourself and your body and your spirit and your emotions and your human. That's deep love. And for you to experience that, you know, with your mother and still have such strong resonance to your virtues of love is a deep form of love for others and an honoring of self. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Wow. That's love and honor. Shout out to mama. I love you, mama. Mm. Mommy. Te amo. Mama. Mama. I haven't been meditating with her either because I'm, I'm starting actually work earlier for the part-time 8 a.m. That's when we usually do it from 9 and it's been about a week and a half and I miss it. You meditate with your mom? I meditate with my mom over the phone. I, we did it for uh, shortly after the pan, before the pandemic. Wow. That's beautiful. Over the phone. I'm actually getting ready to go back to Florida now where my mom lives and uh, teach her some breath work and meditate with her. Give her some tools. Bro, it's one of the best things I've ever done. Mm. It was after a, an, a, a, a shroom trip. Did flow fam the day before. And it, that's what sparked it. I was flow famming with my buddy, with my cousin Connor. You Connor, what up, though? <laughs> Connor. And then we, we smoked a little bit. We set intentions and we flowed. And Meditate with Mama came up and I started talking about it. And I'm like, dude, I think I'm going to do that. Or I'm at least going to invite that possibility with my mom. And then I had shrooms the next day and then really journeyed hard. But the next day, I, I called my mom and I was like, uh, I, oh, I've been thinking if you're open to it, I would love to spend time to kind of like breathe with you. Like meditate with you. Um, I think it'd be a cool way for us to connect. And so we, we just started doing it for a little bit. But then she'd say, I don't got time. I got to go to Costco. And she'd cancel a lot, you know. <laughs> Moms <laughs> love Costco. Yeah, yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, it's so just, every, so it was inconsistent. But then when we started doing it, she started liking it more. And I'd start off just with a box breath. It's one of the, I think it's one of the most awesome things to start with because it creates a structure, but it's very simple. It's mm, basically where breathing. It's so good. It's so good. And it's very simple, everybody right here. It's I was, I would, this is what I taught my mom and we did for 18 months together. 
It's basically you're breathing diaphragmatically. So that means when you inhale, your stomach is coming out like a balloon. All right. And when you exhale, your stomach is coming back in as you breathe out. And you hold it for, let's just say, for example, you hold it for four. Inhale, inhale for four. Hold it for four. Relax into it. And exhale for four as the stomach comes back in. And hold it. That's one round. In. Expand that stomach. And relax it as you hold. Good. And release. Stomach coming back in. And hold. And take a deep breath in. Expand that stomach. Yield. And big sigh out. And those breaths with mama, I'm so much closer to her because of that. Such a great technique. And shameless plug, I, I have a guided meditation on Insight Timer. It's a guided box breathing meditation. Ooh. So if you guys want to check that out, you're more than welcome to. It's on Insight Timer, and it's on my website, salva.live. Yes. That exact technique, there's a meditation for that. There's a guided one for that. Yes. You're welcome. Yo, <laughs> yo get a uh, shout out to Salva. What, how, do you, how, do they how do they get to you? Oh, it's on the website, dude. It's on www.salva.live or you're on Insight Timer. I'm on Insight Timer. Um, Yeah. Everybody we know is probably on Insight Timer. It's on there too. I have three meditations that still didn't go through yet. Oh, yeah. I have three. I have like one that's like kind of like a sales mental movie and that inspired my buddy CK. Shout out to my buddy CK about making a mental movie. And then I have two that are kind of like the company that the part time I have, we have certain guidance. So I just like, well, let me just throw it on there. You know, so I, I did a voiceover, you know. Hell yeah. Um, but it, it didn't go through. I guess the image, they're kind of strict with images, huh? Oh, yeah, they are. They yeah, are, it's right? It's got to be like a certain orientation and a, and a... The coloring, too. It can't be black and white. Yeah. Uh, there's some rules to that. So I, I, I have to tweak that little part right there. But <laughs> yes. Well, brother, I... What are you working on right now? What's going on for you right now? So the next thing that I'm going on is is expanding the flow. You know, people loving it and everything is helping people like heal and, and over with grieving and myself included right there is the next step is actually taking people on a flow journey. And this is y'all. I just finished the first beta. So I'm just going to be it's a first beta. And the flow journey is really just about what it is because it's still forming is about humans coming together. And really like spending time. With a little music. What do you care about? What's holding you back? Who do you want to be? Let's put some music on this shit. Who do you want to be? Get into that. Speak that. Yeah. Recording this. You'll get a slice of this afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. If what do you sing fuck yes to? Yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> all right, let's go. We're going to have synergy partners, you know? And so basically, it's taking them on this journey where they have the accountability buddies in there. And a lot of them, they want to, they, they believe this is what it is. So basically, my beta is very general. But these are for people who believe that creative expression is an essential ingredient to their fulfillment. And maybe they want to make money with it. Maybe they don't. But they want to feel free in expressing that. 
whether it's a hobby, whether it's something, they want to feel free in that. And so I take people, we go on an experience where we get to explore what that freedom could feel like, what that can be like with compassion. So you can share your TikToks more. So you can go and express yourself more in that, in that blog you want to write up. Or you want to just express and share something really powerful for your mother. So you want to make a poem about her. To honor her. Not for Mother's Day, just because she's your mother. These are priceless. This is legacy. Right? So it's called Live Your Legacy. All right. Oh, man. They're so amazing. Shout out to Omid. Shout out to Aubrey. Shout out to Keely. You are amazing voice. Shout out to Keely. I can't wait for y'all to hear her music. Mm. I'm going to rally her. I, uh, she does this amazing Oh my goodness, she was so scared too. But she just, she shared this and she said she was going to. I hope that you can share it now, Keely, Siren. She had, she did this beautiful live where she just, boom, ah, and her voice was divine and fierce feminine. And shout out to Aubrey who leads these amazing guided meditations. She's going to have one coming up too. Shout out to you, Aubrey. I want to talk to you too. Um, Edwin, Edwin who wants to have this whole, notion of this park and creating it. it's a place in cerritos shout out to you edwin i love you brother you're like another little brother and it's taking people on this intergenerational journey and he imagines that there's going to be a tour he's it's almost like a tour guide coaching program and he goes through it in symbolism and it takes them on that flow journey but they have that visual at first and she created this whole thing is right across the street from cerritos library y'all incredible and he has a story for that that is life that man, that, that boy who was about supposed to be born deaf is one of the most beautiful, intuitive listeners that I know. And he speaks to it and acknowledges people ever so poetically. And you're like, how does he do that? He's supposed to be deaf. And it's creating those, like, those things can be shared more. This may not be the one where it's like, oh, I'm going to guarantee you're going to make so much money off of it. You know, you're going to do this. You're going to do that. I'm going to give you all the structure. It's just if this, if those things really matter to you and you want the support to be like, this is not just for this project. It's for my life and what I want this to be about. And what if I had fun with music with it? And I learned to express myself with music along the way. But I got people rooting for what I want to create in the world more. I'm about to launch it off in New Year's. It's my second version of it. So you can see it's experimental. And it's, it's one of my gifts. so heartfelt. That's what I love about everything you're saying. You're mm. teaching people how to come from their heart. Yeah. I don't have the strategy. I don't have the strategy for y'all. What I hear is there's the heart. The deepest of the heart. I remind you how important it is. To feel deeply connected. That's where you start. Through vulnerability start. and trust yourself in that process. The how comes later. Yeah. And trust the process. But remember this being. In Spiral Dynamics, this is stage green more. There's some orange, but a stage green about the part about like it's about connecting with you. Your heart. Have your habits. Let's get your habits right. Let's get into a meditation practice. Let's stay grounded. You don't have to do it for an hour. If you're not doing, let's get some in and let's ground ourselves into this flow. 
and really experience deeply deep connection, creatively expressing ourselves in the world, mm. creatively expressing it and the nourishment that comes from that. What kind of connection could, could be built, right? I'm painting possibility because this is a future fulfilled. What kind of connections could be possible for really expressing ourselves the way we are with love, with an affinity towards the other side? What's it like over there? You want to flow over here, brother? Have a dope way of flowing with people to get to know each other in a way where we might have different opinions, but the flow reminds us that we're all human. If you want to learn flow, Uncle Gavin is your man. Yes. And I feel like flow, if I'm another thing, is it's human. It's the human thing. Like, as we're getting more technologically advanced, it's like one thing, y'all, flow, if I'm about one thing, never forget. You're human. You're a spiritual being. In a human life. Having a human experience. Yeah. Never forget that as we get into more technological and this, and there's a lot of debate going on with that. Whoa, what if that's gone? Like, what makes someone human? There's That's a really big question, right? I'm saying... What would life be without novels, without movies, without poetry, without bittersweet poetry? Music. Oh, what would life be without that? So I'm not teaching people necessarily to be singers, but there are some that are singers that are coming in. It's about never forgetting about your poetry. And knowing that your poetry may not resonate with everybody, but your poetry will pluck at the heartstrings of the people that need to hear it. And what that goes to show, brother, sister, human, is that your story, your experience, what you have to share can and will be a contribution to someone else's life. Because if they really resonate, they might think, oh, I feel similar. I'm not alone. Fuck yeah, press post. Fuck yeah. Whoever needs to hear you will hear you. And that is one of the reasons, Gavin, why we're here today. I ebbed so fucking hard on this podcast for years. And look what the universe brought me and said, it's time, motherfuckers. To talk. <laughs> yeah. I put yeah. a fucking studio Buckle. in your house. Buckle. <laughs> Use it. Yeah. And we're here. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out, Ratish. Delight. Shout out to Ratish. The master of Jammy, this studio. And this podcast is brought to you by Jammy Studios. We're here. We're in here. Absolutely. And I want to say, brother, this was like, I had so much fun in this podcast. The flow that was just the flowganicness of this, mm. right? The flowganicness. I like that. It's tasty. Yeah. The flagrance. Get the flagrance. Mm. Feel the flow a tree. Flow and tell. I'm feeling called to close this with a meditation. <sighs> yes. Yes. Will you join me? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And I want to incorporate you spoke on at first so let's begin first by taking a deep breath in if you're listening you're welcome to join us and i invite you to find a comfortable place to sit or lie down to do this if you're driving i invite you to close your eyes and take a deep breath in through your nose 
exhaling and relaxing, letting go. Inhaling into the belly, expanding the diaphragm, inhaling horizontally. And as you let go, you let go of the belly, you let it drop, you let the ribs follow and the shoulders melt. As you begin to become aware of your body, the sensations in your body, you can bring your hands right over left over your heart and keep breathing slowly with intention into the heart. So you bring your awareness down into this space of love. It begins to open and expand with each inhale and light up with each exhale. As you begin to feel that gratitude for everything that it took to get here, to this moment. What is it, Gavin? Itadakimasu. Itadakimasu. Thank you for everything it took to get here. All the struggles, all the ebbs, the pain. Thank you because you're here now, free, in flow. Take a deep inhale. Exhale, and you can open your eyes. <sighs> Shake those hands out. Welcome your flow back in. It's just around the corner. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And where can people find you? Where can our friends find you? Yes. So you can actually find me on Instagram. My personal is Gavin Masumiya. M-A-S-U-M-I-Y-A. You can also do FlowFam official Instagram. And then my site's uh, GavinMasumiya.com and FlowFam.com. Gavin Masumiya. That's M-A-S-U-M-I-Y-A. Yes. Means temple Com. and rice bowl measuring cup. <laughs> my last name. <laughs> That's what I was told. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Brother, what a pleasure. What an honor to see you, to hear you hold this space. You are a divine king, and I honor you. Your presence, the light in me, season honors the light in you. Mm. Namaste, brother. Namaste. Um. Hmm.